welcome back to Bourbon Barrel Talk. I'm your host, Scott Minton. Today, we are sitting down. We're just going to say it at a buddy's house because he hasn't named his bourbon bunker yet. So, <laughs> Mr. Chris, how you doing today, sir? Very good. Thanks for uh, coming over. Hey, man, I appreciate it. I'm glad, glad to have the invite. So, uh, we also have uh, John. John? I'm down here. Yep. He said I'm down here someplace. Nah, I'm down here on oh, the end. Now, now, now John's got the, the, the different mic setup that I've ever seen, and he, he configured it himself, so I'm, I'm proud of you, man. <laughs> Sitting back relaxed. That's right. He's got the chilling version of the mic here going. And then uh, Seth. What's up, Seth? What's up, Scott? How Long are you time doing? no see. Yeah, it's been a little bit. So Seth's never been on the show, but Seth and I have uh, done a couple of bottle shares with uh, Mr. Obfo fanboy himself. So nice. uh, I'm glad to get you on the show today, man. Yeah, thanks for the invite, boys. No problem, no problem. So, hey, uh, the reason I'm here today is because you guys had the opportunity to do uh, what was your second barrel pick at Starlight yep. for your all's yep. personal group, and it's called Liquid Assets, I think you call it. That's correct. Yep. The uh, I'm a banker by day, uh-huh. and uh, obviously looking at uh, personal financial statements and whatnot, looking at my own collection and thinking, wow, this is so dumb how much money I've spent on bourbon. So uh, we just kind of thought, you know... These are these are liquid assets here, um, but uh, that it's the premise of the name. We've got a monopoly theme, um, kind of running with the label, and then um, what you what you can't see, but you might have a picture of it, Scott, uh, for the podcast. The uh, we do custom labels that resemble community chest or chance cards, and gotcha. we just kind of customize those. So. Um, any barrel pick that we do, no matter what distiller it's going to come from, we're we're going to keep running with that theme of a of a chance card that we customize. Sweet, I would yeah. get a chance card, put like the waterworks on there, and put your <laughs> wives all crying because of how much money you spent on bourbon. That is a great that's, idea. That's a great that's idea. Next sticker. That is the <laughs> next one. That is the next one. <laughs> now I just got to go on the pick with you guys. That yeah. Is. <laughs> So all right, so so this one is a uh, is it a bourbon or is it a rye finished in Armagnac or something like yeah, that? Yeah, this is a bourbon. It's a four year, uh, so uh, bottled at one hundred nine point six proof. One hundred nine point six, huh? Yep. And bourbon finished in an Armagnac cash. That's cask. Cor- correct. Yep. All right. So what what is everybody getting off this bad boy? You guys have already tried it, so I'll, I'll let you take a sip and smell it and all that good stuff. And the nose is very delicate. Oh yeah. Yeah, I love of, the nose on this stuff, and I traditionally, I traditionally like the Armagnac, um, but like you, Scott, I don't like cognac, but I love the nose on this stuff. Yeah, no, it definitely has a unique nose. It's very delicate, light. You you pick up quite a bit of the fruit from that Armagnac. You're not not harsh at all. I wonder what kind of cast this was, as far as like what 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 France. What what part of France it came out of? Because Armagnac, I think it has to come out of a certain region. I don't know if it'll tell that on the back of the story or anything like that. Isn't it the Armagnac region? Well, yeah, the Armagnac region. But yeah, so the, so the Armagnac region has basically, I think, it's three different components to it. It all runs along the, a lake and a mountain ridge, uh, if I remember correctly. Um, but yeah, they have to come from that region, and they have to be like certain areas. And certain areas have different types of grapes, and therefore they're different varieties or things like that like you have the incantas and different things like that so so john got a picture of the barrel uh, oh. but i don't i don't know that uh we paid attention can, to be honest with you let me see if i can find it yeah yeah we can revisit yeah so if we know i will say i'm less qualified than i used to be because uh my first round of covid all taste and smell gone but unfortunately enough bourbon was one of the last things to come back to me it's been back for about five months 
Really? That's really? it? Really? Yeah. Hmm. Man, I, I, it, it sucked. If I get COVID, which I haven't had it, knock on wood, um, man, I, I hope I don't lose my, my, my sense of taste, especially for bourbon. So It was really easy to drink cheap bourbon. <laughs> so a buddy of mine, <laughs> um, he, he got COVID early on, and, and, he, and he literally almost can't drink bourbon to this day. And I'm, really? I mean, he's like two years in, and he's like, it just doesn't taste right. It's just there's something wrong. So, you know, when we were picking this barrel, we were having a conversation about COVID. And if you're a master distiller, like, I wonder if there's, if anyone's told that story, hey, I got COVID, I'm a master distiller. It has affected the way that I do the craft. You know, have right. you heard anything like that? So I haven't, I haven't actually talked to anybody that said that. Um, but that, that's an interesting question that would be a follow up on something to somebody in the future. I don't, I don't think they would advertise that very heavily. Uh, I wouldn't think so. <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> So, so Scott, what do you get on, on that nose? I'm, I'm going to be honest. I'm working on those tasting notes. I just know what I like. <laughs> yeah. So I, it's delicate. It's fruit. I almost get more of like a stone fruit, like a big, like a plum, you know, something like that. And in, in the aroma, um, I get a, a faint amount of leather and then it's got some sweetness, some vanilla. Vanilla yep. is the first thing that hits yeah. me. Yes, the vanilla. Is the but I don't get any caramel or like toffee or any of those like more like robust, sweet flavors on the nose. Kind of when I pull my nose away is when I can get a little bit of the familiar grapey, light grapey yeah. that you get with an armagnac. Yeah, but, uh, you know, and and I always, I sniff in a different, couple of different ways. Like I, I get on the bridge of the nose mm-hmm. and that'll give you a little bit more of your delicate so you can pick up stuff and then the tip of your nose and then I do each nostril. So Oh, each nostril. Okay. Yeah, I so I'll do one side. Because for some strange reason, you know, most people, you have maybe your right side's a little blocked or your left side's a little blocked because of like whatever it might be. So if you go to each side, you typically will get something or a variance of each one of those things. So, I've not tried that, but I do sense that now that you're telling me that. Yeah. yeah. Broke my nose when I was 16. So my left side's always since then been more blocked than all the other sides. Yeah. So I, I could never be a master distiller. I have a deviated septum, so <laughs> I, I've always had problems with my right nostril, but that's the one I typically smell the most in just because whenever I'm doing these podcasts and things like that, it, the mic is usually on my left and, and I smell to the right. So, but I will always go to the left if there's like something that I'm really, really trying to pick up on. And I usually start picking up more of my citrus scents and stuff like that on my left nostril don't know why mm-hmm. i don't know if i'm broken or if it's just some weird innate skill that i picked up <laughs> so we're gonna go with that i like that one better. <laughs> weird innate skill <laughs> but yeah i, I really I do that but i tell you it, it drinks a little bit harsher than i thought it was going to do with the with the nose so i mean the fruit that armagnac the the that barrel really comes through on that so there's nothing on the barrel that indicated nothing no. yeah I, I didn't think there would be because a lot of those anyway they're 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 whiskey barrels that have come in from other places so it, sure. it makes it different and then I don't even know if how Starlight did that I don't know if they if that's the second run they put in that barrel or if it's the first run they had in that Armagnac barrel because I know they released a handful before then so you'll get some different flavors profiles just because of that how long has bourbon been in there versus the Armagnac sure <clears throat> do we know how long the Armagnac it was finished in the Armagnac barrel. We actually do not. I don't know that we asked that question. It would be interesting if it was a 30 versus a 14 or something, you know. Most of them take around, well, I think you're asking how long did it sit in the actual barrel. How long did the Armagnac sit in? No, how long did the bourbon sit in the Armagnac barrel? How long did the bourbon sit in that barrel? 
I don't know. Yeah. yeah. We didn't I'm, ask. That's what I'm asking. Most of them are probably five, six months. I mean, yeah. that's pretty standard. Sometimes you'll get one that if it's, if it's a wet enough barrel, like as in they, they didn't pour it all out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they don't they don't take quite as long to pick up the flavor profile but you know typically you know you're looking at at least four to five six months and that's on the low side i think for for most armagnacs to come through especially on bourbon rye would probably take a little less time i think because the fruit the fruit you know especially the especially the way that that ted distills because i think he he distills a lot of the fruit forward flavors on his rise so makes sense yeah is that a ted or did you all know or blake or uh did they tell you? They did not tell us. Mm. Man. I bet it's on that barrel. We need to be writing down these questions for next time. <laughs> they're good questions. Well, I always find that, you know, they're, they're, they all distill in their own special way, right? So uh, it seems like Ted is very traditional, you know, 60-20-20. Like, that's kind of the, his bread and butter, um, which is why I have a tendency to like Ted's probably more often, more consistently. But Blake will do some crazy nuances, and then Christian, I mean, he's he's all over. I mean, he does all kinds of cool things, I think, Christian does. Like, I think some the first four grain we got was a Christian barrel, and I think he did it when he was, like, 18 or 19 years old. Hmm. Like, it was one of the first, you know, barrels he ever distilled. Wow. So, well, I guess legally distilled or whatever. But, sure, sure. But, yeah, it's just one of those funny things that I'm just like, wow, that's crazy. But it, it was such a delicious, and it was a cherry bomb. I mean, just a complete, you know, just all kinds of cherry and stuff like that. So, Who, Whose pick did you like better on that last cigar batch between Blake and Christian? Um, did you remember tasting that? I bought the one that... Bronze? So, no, no, no. I, I don't remember the colors. I just remember who poured it. So Blake was pouring it, so it was Christian's bottle. Because they were tricking yep. everybody. Yep. I, I liked Blake's better on that one. I did too. It was a rye. Yeah. So, you know, but I, I, I was I was more on the Christian side for that one. Um, the funny thing is the first one that they did, I was Blake. The second one I think they did, I was Blake. And then I think this last one I picked Christian. Hmm. So w- when you guys went through the barrel pick, what made you go with this instead of a traditional rye or a traditional bourbon or it's funny because one we, of the other million finishes that they do we went in with Port. the mission of we wanted to pick a traditional traditional street bourbon that's what we were going to try to do and we started tasting some that were they're all right we but kind of left us wanting a little bit you know so um so andrew Jordanic, um he knew that we had picked a port finish previously and he's like, well, guys, you got to try this port finish. And then we tried it, and we're like, oh. <laughs> it's better than everything we've yeah. had so far. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And then yeah. we, but we were like, man, we cannot, we we don't want to pick another port because. Right, you already done one. We've done a port. Let's pick something different. We had toyed with the idea of getting an Armagnac because of the fact that uh, over last summer, you know, we popped a lot in Cantata, 18-year. Um, we all really enjoyed it and we're like, you know what? Let's stop hunting bourbon. Let's start hunting Armagnac. And he had told us, he's like, well, I've got an Armagnac finish. We're like, oh, let's try it. Let's try it. Yeah. And we did. And we're like, all right. I think that's got to go in the blind. So, so what's one of your more traditional flavor palettes do you like, John? As far as like, like, do you prefer rye? Do you prefer bourbon? Like, do you (laughs) like, do do you prefer like a, a finished product? I mean, some people do. You know, before doing all this at Starlight, uh, I was more traditional, to be quite honest. Um, but this has kind of turned me on to, I don't know, it, it just, 
Uh, I would say I, you know, before this is it's just more traditional, but now their stuff is good. So were you finished, th- their finished stuff is. Were you like a three grain or a four grain, or or do you, you know? know? don't know you really don't know okay and that's no. fair enough i mean a lot of people don't know whether they're drinking a four grain or a three grain bourbon no. for the most part four grains are harder to find so um so if you were to pick a bourbon outside of you know the starlight or this type of pick what what, what what's your everyday go-to if i'm not drinking this it's um i got a bottle of ezra brooks open okay ezra brooks okay yep all right um i got some yellowstone uh what else do i have open i'm trying to recall what i have sitting there but Wide variety. So, sounds like a lot, a lot of three grain high rye. Yeah. Okay. I would definitely say he's a high rye guy. Yeah. For sure. What about you, Chris? Uh, you know my my go to. What I think is probably like the best value on the market. Russell's Reserve Ten Year. Okay. So you single barrel or white label? Single barrel. Okay. So you like the you, you like the white label single barrel, not the the actual like single barrel like store picks, the red label. I like both, to be honest with you, and I usually keep one of each. Open. open yeah yeah that's a pick i want to go on um it's one that's eluded me is that is that four roses barrel pick oh four roses i mean not four roses sorry wild turkey oh yeah, yeah. russell's reserve yeah so that's one that's eluded me i actually did four roses with the bourbon brotherhood and i guess probably about eight months ago and it was a lot of fun um but 10 can be tough to decipher from you know sure um you know but starlight but, i mean hell starlight i mean the first time we did two barrel picks i think we tried through 18 barrels that day I mean, it was wow. a lot. So our first pick, we uh, we should have paced ourselves better. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You, you still found a winner. That's okay. We did. We still really like it. But at the end of the day, we were like, this wasn't. This didn't taste exactly the way we remember it yeah. that day. Yeah. You know. So we all like we're happy with it. We like it. But uh, we were very intentional on yeah. this pick. Be like, guys, you dump what you don't. You know, dump don't. You just we're gonna be very intentional on the number Spitters, that we taste. not quitters, huh? Yeah, <laughs> I think I think that was the night that we opened the Armagnac, wasn't it? What? That the night that I first tried the port again. Yes, it was. Yep, because I tried it and I was like, mm, this is this is not what we picked. <laughs> <laughs> I was, I remember looking at uh, your wife, Chris, and I was like, this isn't that good. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it wasn't bad, but I was like, this is not. This can't be the one. It's we not picked. what you but, remembered, yeah. but. Obviously, old trick, you know, left it on the counter for a while, came back to it, and a case later, and do you, yeah, do you have I some? Mean, we, <laughs> I do. I've got, uh, I've got seven bottles left, but um, no, I would agree. It would, like, coming off that first one, getting it, and I think part of it, too, was just the, there was that nostalgia factor missing, like, because we had a great day, it was great hospitality, kind of elevated the senses yes um and so you come back to the bottle and again the first sip i was like oh really this is like it and it's good i'm not saying it's not good it is good but it just so you come back to it like um and a friend of mine that i gave the bottle to he made that same comment he said you know what he said i i the first sip i was like yeah you know it's pretty good but he said two weeks later i revisited that bottle he said i loved it and I just downed the thing. So our first double oak pick that we did, which we were one of the first ones that were ever done, um, it was a single barrel. It was like that for me. Like when I, when I, I was like, because we loved it the day we, that we bought it. Like we were like, man, this thing is so good. We couldn't wait to get it, you know, and, and it was a charity pick. So we were super yep. excited about getting it out to the masses. I've and, got that one. Oh, do you? Okay. I do. yeah. So we, we tried it and I was just like, man, and then we got it back and I was like, 
we, we, we literally went back and forth between it and one other bear. And, and oddly enough, that one went to, um, what is the liquor store down there in downtown New Albany right next to West Banco? Oh, Bottles Unlimited. Bottles, Bottles Unlimited. Unlimited. So Bottles Unlimited got the sister barrel that we that we didn't pick. Okay. So I, when they got theirs in, I went and bought a bottle of it too, just to side-by-side them later on. I was like, oh, yeah, this is what I remembered fighting about. So And, and Hillman was like, dude, I can't believe he said we should have just bought both of them. <laughs> I'm like, dude, you realize how much money we just put on bourbon? Yeah. <laughs> what but was it, the label on that one? Uh, that one was the Magic School Bus. Yeah, so, I had that one. Yeah, so that the Magic School cool. Bus was one, and it, and it went over gangbusters, you know, in that group and, and things to that nature. But it just, oh, it, it was so good. But uh, when I first got that bottle and I first opened it when I got it home, I was just like, hmm. Like, I, I just, I remembered it being sweeter, you know, the day sure. that we tried it. And when we got it open there, I was like, man, it's got some heat to it. It's got some legs. But like you said, it opened up, you know, about a week later after sitting, you know, after I got a good neck pour out of it. And it just, it just changed it totally, so... So what, what's on the what's on the next front for 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 liquid assets? Are you guys going to try to get outside the starlight barrel, or what's the thought process? Yeah, um, we would like to do. Excuse me, I'm getting away from the mic. We would like to do um, another distillery. Um, we're we're exploring, um, you know, kind of going down the path of getting a liquor license. I think. Uh oh. Yeah. So uh, open it up like real, <laughs> real big, but. Um, I don't know. I got to contact the Spirits of French Lick. That'd be cool. Yeah, Alan Bishop and them—they're great people. We 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 did a pick with them um, through a liquor store, and all it went to uh, Lexington, Kentucky. So, but we we did that one for—I guess there was kind of a a bad incident that happened there, and they wanted to recoup some money and help pay that back and fix it. So okay, that's okay. what we did that one for. So kind of a neat, yeah, neat situation. Yeah, I mean, we're just we're fresh off getting this one, so you know, haven't really talked about it all that much. We haven't. Yeah, we just got this, we just got this one ten days ago, bottled. So, yep. so how many how many guys are in the group? Uh, ten. 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 Twelve. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Why did you put up two, Steph? Because <laughs> these guys are the man. <laughs> these are the two guys that really make the decisions. Is that what you're saying? No, they're just they're the pioneers. The pioneers. Yeah. Yeah, so we uh we we've kind of it's just kind of small friends and family. You know, my um uh my dad went on the pick, John's dad my went dad, on the his dad came up from Alabama, went on the pick, his brother and sister-in-law. sister-in-law. Yeah, your uncle, so. your uncle came, didn't he? So so no. Chelsea's uncle. Her yeah. uncle. Yeah. So you had a lot of women on the pick, sounds like. We we did. We had uh four. Yep, three or four. So I feel like women add a ton to a barrel pick. I think so too. I think their palates are totally different, and they add different value in those situations. Mm-hmm. What we'll the what we'll to get what we'll Jenna down here one time? Yeah, she she is. Good uh, she's putting the kids to bed right now, but she'll be down in a little bit. <laughs> I, I'm always curious about people's perspective, especially women, because I feel like their palates are typically. In in somebody, and it might have been Alan even that told me this. He's like, you know, women were hunters and ga- were gatherers, right? So they had to be able to go, go tell if something was good or bad or poisonous or things like that. So therefore, their palates are more delicate. They can taste more flavors. They can tell bitter easier. They can tell sweetness better. So like that's why I think you see a lot anymore these days. A lot of your master tasters and um, other things are are women. So absolutely, it's always and, interesting. You know, and. Uh, Let's have a, a cheers for all those uh, hunter-gatherers that uh, tasted all those mushrooms and they didn't make it. They let us know which mushrooms we could eat. <laughs> that way we know we can eat a chanterelle. Yeah. <laughs> of course you would say that. All mushrooms are edible once. <laughs> all mushrooms are edible once. I hear you. Cheers. Slude, slude. <laughs> cling, cling. 
Um, but yeah, for sure. Um, <laughs> all mushrooms are edible ones. I'm, I'm going to steal that. Yeah, absolutely. I didn't, I didn't create Tell it, that to so. a farmer next week. We're going to borrow all that. So, well, good deal. Good deal. So l- let's pass this other Armagnac bottle around real quick mm-hmm. and we'll, we'll, we'll taste it and talk about it for a couple of seconds. And then, uh, and you already just filled back up on the other one, didn't you? Here. Well, I brought I brought uh, eight glasses okay. for a reason. So. Good deal. All right. Yeah. So take one down, pass it around. Will it be like the ninety nine bottles of beer on the wall? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Have you pour that? So, so John, are, are, you're not from around here originally, are you? Grew up in southeast Alabama. Southeast Alabama. Yep. All right. Went, went to school at Auburn and uh, grew up an hour south of Auburn. So Auburn. 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 Eastern side of the state. So Auburn is the veterinarian school, right? Absolutely. My dad's actually a veterinarian. Gotcha. So um, one of my one of my favorite clients is a veterinarian. He opened a practice. Him and his wife both went to Auburn. Um, good folks. And uh, I, they got, I got introduced to them from their dad, which their dad was a graduate from Auburn. And he was a longtime horse veterinarian at Churchill Downs. He was one of, okay. my, one of my first business clients that I had whenever I... Uh, Worked at one of the mega banks back in the old days. So nice. I always appreciate the good old folks from down in that Auburn area town. So Absolutely. good veterinarian school. Yeah. But your, 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 uh, your twine gave it away a little bit. You weren't from around here. Not, not, no. I've been up here <laughs> to, since 07. Since 07? All right. So, so you just, you, you married into the Hoosier State, huh? Sure did. Graduated Auburn in 07 and moved up here, and the rest is history. There's, there you there's go. a story behind that, but that's another day. That's another day, another dollar. All right. You know, women, women, women can, can, can talk you into all kinds of crazy things. Yeah. My mother thought I would never do, have done that. <laughs> she thought I was, she probably thought I was crazy, but I, oh. I might've been. Not yeah. your personality Listen, type to, yeah, that, to move that's around. Exactly what she would say. Yeah. I, I tell people all the time, anybody that gets married is crazy. You know, it, <laughs> 12 it, years. Dude, I've been married 26 years, so I've been married a long time. I got married two weeks before my 19th birthday, believe it or not. Wow. I mean, I've been married a long time. <laughs> so were you in between high school and college or what? So no, no, no. So we, we started dating my at the end of my junior year of co- high school. So like I've literally... And when did you pop the question? <sighs> were you in high school? I was at the end of my senior year, honestly. You were a wild man. I was crazy. Like, so well, I, <laughs> you're still so, a wild man, but <laughs> so it's one of those funny things is like, I, I, I got around quite a bit, like in my younger days. Cause my, my, my nearest brother is seven years older than me. So I would go to college parties and do things like that when I was 16, 15, 16 years old. And I wasn't supposed to be there, but I always look, I look like a grown ass man when I was 14. I mean, right. Like, so it would be nothing for me to walk in a room and everybody would be like, oh, this dude's 19, 20, just like the rest of us. You know, they were sitting on college campuses and I was, you know, 15 years old at the time. So, you know, I, I did a lot of partying with my brothers and stuff like that. So, you know, it was one of those funny things that like the girls that I dated, I just, they were just dumb. Like a lot of really, really <laughs> just dumb girls. And my wife is super smart. So like, it was like, she was the only girl that ever was able to keep my attention for long enough. Like I, I tell stories this all the time that, uh, there was girls when I dated them in high school and stuff. Like literally, I would hand my my brother the phone and go like make a sandwich, go to the bathroom, take a shower, come back, and because we sounded so much alike, the girls didn't know the difference. And I would just be like, "What were you talking about?" And he'd be like, "Oh, we were talking about," pss, 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 and, you know. And he'd tell me, and I'd be like, "All right." So I pick up the phone and I'd be like, "Yeah, blah 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 blah," and I just carry right on the conversation <laughs> like I was there the whole time. Like, but they were so dumb they had no idea that it wasn't me. So I was just like, "Dude, I can't date chicks like this." So. 
But you're a very, I mean, it leads you into what you're doing now. You're a very analytical person. Oh, no, 100%. Very you know, analytical. You're like, you need, you need somebody else who's going to keep pace with, yeah. you know, the ability to be smart about how yeah. things operate. <laughs> yeah. And my wife is very quick-witted. She's very smart. She's a calculus teacher, so she knows numbers and all that good stuff. But, yeah, it's a, it, it, it's definitely a weird thing. The funny thing is, so when, it, when, when we got engaged, everybody's like, so when does she do? And I was like, what are you talking about? They're like, what, when, when's the baby do? And I'm like... <laughs> we're not having a baby. They're like, why are you getting married? <laughs> and I'm like, shit, I never even thought about it. I thought like, this is what you're supposed to do, right? You, you, you meet a girl, you like her, you fall in love. You're like, Hey, let's get married, you know? But they're like, well, not this soon. So like literally, I mean, they, it all happened fast, but, but you know, 26 years later, it's uh it's still working pretty well, I guess. There you go. She there still tolerates go. me. Yeah. <laughs> so man, this army X smells delicious. It does delicious. smell very good. Yeah. So this is, um, Let's see, this is a 16-year. I thought it was 18. I'm sorry. It's 16-year. Uh, 49.6 proof. Oh, so she's coming in low. Yep. So it is La Encantada, uh, a cellared, uh, cellared cask strength, 2003. Oh, that's good. That's real good. It's weird, though. You get almost like some baking spices on that mid-palate. Mm-hmm. That is weird. Yeah, this, this bottle really kind of changed my perspective on... Because I've been so bourbon focused and bourbon yep. forward, and um, you know, I it just kind of opened my eyes to you know this is a good gateway drug, I guess, to other spirits if you're a bourbon person. No, a hundred percent. Yeah, it, 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 I don't. I don't know if you ever hung out in Warehouse One before Ted and them started moving everything around, but they have some you know ten, fifteen year old you know brandies that are in there that are just absolutely delicious. Mm-hmm. So. Um, yeah, this is just really good. Super light. I will say for me, the nose hits harder than the profile hits when you taste it. Oh, yeah, 100%. Mm-hmm. Personally, Agree quite with a you. lot. Yeah, it's a little boozier, the nose is. Yeah. Yeah, but that, that, that I find brandies do that in general. You know, that's the reason I was surprised that the that the bourbon was so delicate was because of the fact that, you know, typically you that's when you get those brandies finished, even on a bourbon or a rye. That nose is typically kind of boozy, you know, okay. it comes through. So I'm going to ask this question. Maybe you know, maybe you don't. In the coatings world, we deal with a lot of these coatings basically off-gassing their their solvents, right? This is an alcohol, so solvent of form, I guess, right? Okay. Is the viscosity much different on an Armagnac, uh, Brandy, et cetera? I mean— Do you know? So I would think that they would be very similar. Um, but I mean, just like even with bourbon, you'll see some that have tremendous amount of legs versus others. I think it just, I think it pulls a lot of the oils from actually the barrel. Mm-hmm. That would make sense. So I think, you know, depending on what type of barrel they're in, what else, you know, is in that, um, how, how long it's been in, there? how long it's been in there. You'd, even the fruit variety, I think is going to pull off something different. You know, if it's a grape versus a pear, if it's a, you know, I mean, people are making blueberry brandy now. People are making watermelon brandy. I mean, there's all kinds of things that are out there, and I think all of those are going to give off a different um, legs or volume based off of all those different sugars and the compounds that come off of it. And then, like I said, I think a lot of it really comes from the barrel. So, you know, and, and, a, lot of them are, and a lot of them are being finished not in new oak. They're getting finished in something that was bourbon before or rye before or you know, sometimes it's, you know, it could come from Scotland. It could be, be, be finished in a scotch cask. So, you know, mm-hmm. but that, that's the biggest thing right now is with the, with the used barrel market is just, it's just insane. I mean, there's just so many opportunities for, to, to reuse those barrels and, 
and things of that. I saw one that, that Starlight did not that long ago that was like some kind of beer finish that was finished in something else. Or mm, you know, yeah. I was just like, I saw that. Like, yeah, I saw that one too. I'm like, dude, how do I get a how do I get a taste of that? You know, because yeah. I've had some some really really nice stuff. And I told Rick Rick Odie, I don't know if you know Rick at Donum Day. I I know but he doesn't know me, but yes, I know. Gotcha. Who he so is, Rick, yeah. he, he, when he does those unicorns, they usually get their barrels from Four Roses, and they do the drunken unicorn yeah. over St. Patrick's Day in there. And I'm like, dude, you need to now refill that with, you know, some of your whiskeys, yeah. you know, and and see what happens. That's a great idea. I think those the 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 profile that 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 beer and that stouts you know give off or porters it just uh it just illuminates that that sugar and. And the coating, you know, and things to that nature. I just, I just really enjoy those. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite um, collabs was the the Barstown Bourbon Company and uh, Goodwood. Oh, really? Yeah, they did a couple of really, really nice ones that were just delicious. So, hmm. so yeah, this is really enjoyable. So, all right, Seth, what, what's your poison, man? If you're not drinking your own barrel picks until I don't know, probably the last year, year and a half, I, I would say. I like Old Ezra 7. I'm an Old Ezra 7 guy. Oh, yeah. Um, I like that one a lot. Chris Chris and I have a similar profile palette, maybe. Um, You're a turkey guy, too? I really like the Russell Tenure. He's the one that turned me on to it. Um, and I only started drinking bourbon two, two and a half years ago. Okay. Um, I took my brother and this yahoo over here trying to <laughs> let me try different things and teaching me stuff, but... Um, I'll also go quite heavily to Elijah Craig. Um, and I'm not a anything Buffalo Trace guy. Um, I don't like Eagle Rare that much. Really? Right. Really? So, so I like some Eagle Rares, but I don't yeah. like all of them. They're not all Eagle yeah. Rares are created equally. Yeah, and I'm the same way with Buffalo Trace as well. Maybe that's w- what it is for me because I've had some that I was like, you know, there might have been a six month gap in between tasting this one to that one, but taste this one i'm like huh okay i can see why people like eagle rare and then i taste another one and i'm like stuff is not very good (laughs) so i I, it might be that difference but i I do like several buffalo trace items um obviously some of the ones that are harder to find but um just kind of my solid go-to is really a lot of the starlight stuff and i do love finished stuff Especially nowadays, like I have, <laughs> I think there's like 17 finishes from Starlight up on the bar. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, uh, 98% of them are empty, but I just love the the collection of labels just yeah. to be able to see that. But the I like kaleidoscope look. So yeah. so so of all the things you tried, and I'm gonna throw out cigarette the cigar batch, the the embryonic cask. What's your favorite Starlight pick? What's your favorite flavor? And that goes for all of you. I don't know who else tried what. Um, I have top I've three. I've gone through a two two bottles of the maple. Okay, maple. That one was good. That stuff was good. My top three, unless you are ready to fire, Chris. No, go ahead, buddy. My top three in this order, sherry. Okay. I absolutely love that one. I love the dark color of it, too, sherry finish. Have you had the PX sherry? No. <laughs> Let me get on that train. <laughs> but sherry and then... Actually, the one that you were part of, I think, was the Applejack Brandy. Was that oh, yeah, part the of Apple your... Applejack Brandy, yeah. yeah. That was with Maker 13. Yep. That one was number two, probably. I love the Honey Barrels, um, but I think the port took a little bit of a step up on the, the Honey Barrels. I really like the Honey Barrels. Yeah, too. Uh, there's a couple of them that I had that I were meh, but yeah, I think I actually liked... equal. I think I actually liked the bourbon better than the ride that they did of that one, too, 
me and Josh Hillman were talking about that, but I don't know. The bourbon seemed to finish better, even though a lot of the rise for me tend to finish better. Like I typically will prefer a finishes a rye over a bourbon. Right. But, All right, Chris. Uh, if we're gonna if we're gonna looking at the starlight finishes, I would have to say that um, probably top three. I'd probably rank as VDN, Port, and probably Maple. There we go. All right. So yeah. I'm, I'm with you on at least two of those. I like the I, I, re, I love the VDN. It's it's up there. I like the Maple a lot. And I'm going to throw one out. Like, and, and at first I did not like it at all, but it's really, really grown on me. Is the Tokai? Uh, I do have a Tokai finish. But, it's pretty decent. Yeah, yeah. Some of the Tokais have really they've grown on me quite a bit. So it, at first when I started drinking them, they were just they were too sweet. But uh, I found that I've just they they just seem to to hone in. And I prefer it on a rye than I do on a bourbon. Though. So all right. So I, I bring up a topic too because Seth made me think of this. There's so many people out there that'll tell you they don't like bourbon right. or even whiskey in general because their first introduction to that was like, here, take a shot, yeah. you know, like something horrible, throwing it back, getting sick, you know, just, so there's definitely a right way to have your first bourbon or whiskey experience, I should say, um, it's for all the listeners that might hear that like so if your buddy comes up to you it's happened to me with a uh wild turkey was it 101 101 yeah. i'm not really a fan of that so i don't drink it dude i will bring you a bottle of 1994 101 double shot but it was i'll I'll drink that double shot here try this bourbon what like in hindsight yeah terrible right but that's a bad idea to do a double shot at one time yes yeah that's how people were trying to get me to try bourbon (laughs) so the intro was stiff that was my first bourbon drink too. At 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 seven was a wild turkey one hundred and one. <laughs> at seven, my uncle seven. Pete. I was I, I just kept asking him. I thought they were drinking sweet tea because <laughs> they had it in a rocks glass. It looked like tea, <laughs> and I was like, I want I want to drink. Yeah. I want to drink. I want to drink. And my my dad and my uncle Pete were just like, No, shut up, go away. You know, like that. And then after, like, guess I just bugged the piss out of them. You know that whole like, Dad, 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 Dad. And they're like, What? You know that. T- mm-hmm. So finally, my uncle Pete's like, Here, have a big swig. So I grabbed it. Chugged it. Next thing you know, I'm puking everywhere. Uh, I'm yeah. sure. I'm sure. <laughs> Seven sure years old, Wild Turkey 101. And they're probably laughing their ass <laughs> off. Oh, they were. Yeah. Exactly. They had the best time with that one. So, but mm-hmm. anyway. So, well, all right. You got the, some some wise life choices from Chris. I'm trying. Yeah. <laughs> Throwing out some nuggets. Yeah. <laughs> I think most people who listen to the podcast probably know that, but. <laughs> True. I'm just. Yeah, how do we broaden this audience? <laughs> That's the big thing. We got to broaden the audience. You're gonna have to change the, the noobs uh, in here. Name of the podcast for this episode. It's not Bourbon Barrel Talk. It's uh, Wine Cooler Talk or something. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Well, man, thanks for having me out. I greatly appreciate it. You know, I, I appreciate the fellowship and uh, let me try a few of these barrels. And uh, I'm glad you could tell people what your experience was like on a barrel pick and, and give them a little bit of hindsight on how that works. And and we were able to find out a little bit more about what you like, which is always fun. So that way. When we, when we dive in on in further episodes or we talk more later that, you know, I have an idea of where we're leading. So I appreciate you guys having me on. If you're looking for uh, listen to Bourbon Barrel Talk, you can find us on any of the social media platforms to talk to us. We are on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all those good things. You can also download us on Apple iTunes, um, Spotify, and my favorite medium is Spotify, but um, Google Podcast and also Pandora now. This is Scott signing off with uh, Chris, Seth, and John. Peace out.